You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Money Pit is presented by Iris Smart Home, Lowe's, Spray and Forget, Home Advisor, Citrus Magic, The Home Depot, and Greenworks. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy summer. It's officially the start of the summer season, and that means we're doing summer home improvement projects inside and outside our homes. So if you're working on stepping up your AC or decking out uh, a new outdoor living space, whatever's on your to-do list, give us a call because we are here to help you at 888-MONEY-PIT. Coming up this hour, are you ready to take the plunge and buy your very first home? Well, that process can be intimidating, but not if you're really prepared. So we're going to have five tips for first-time home buyers to make sure you're good to go in just a bit. And lawn care used to be dominated by loud and gas-powered machines, but now there's a new frontier of power with battery technology that's able to power just about anything that used to need an engine. We're going to highlight some of the newest innovations in battery-powered lawn care just ahead. And we've been giving away some of the great water quality solutions from the Home Depot this spring and summer. And today we're featuring the GE Whole House Water Filtration System with some filters worth $98.45. Plus, if you're a crafter or a member of the maker movement, you'll be happy to know that we're also giving away a Dremel 4300 rotary toolkit with case and a Dremel Multimax oscillating blade variety pack, which together are worth over 150 bucks. So lots of cool stuff going out to our listeners this hour. If you'd like a chance to win, you got to pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEYPIT or post your question to the Money Pit community page at moneypit.com. Leslie, who's first? Andrea from Ontario, Canada is on the line with a mold question. How can we help you today? My question would be hi, um, regarding black mold, and it's um, sort of behind my sink, between the sink and the backsplash, there's a little bit of space. And this black mold settles in. There's a lot of moisture, obviously. We're running the water and it splashes. So um, behind and around the sink, as well as around my tub. I tried bleach. I scrubbed it. We, at one point, uh, took out the caulking and recaulked it. But it came back. So I'm at a kind of a loss what to do with this. Mold is going to grow any place that you have an organic material, which could be drywall. Or it could also be, believe it or not, soap scum. Uh, can have organic matter in it, and that can feed mold. And so you have a condition there that's going to be prevalent to mold regrowth. Even when you clean it, it's going to come back. You're not going to permanently prevent it unless you change the, the environment, the climate uh, that uh, that exists in that particular area. So um, with respect to the tile area, let's deal with that first. When you retiled, when you re-caulked, I'm sorry, you, did you pull all the old caulk out? Pull it all out, dug it all out. Um, it was actually our contractor who said, keep it uh, like very dry, bone dry, he called it, 
And then uh, once we had it all dried out, then he came back and put a layer of this white material. I'm not not exactly sure what it was, but he finished it off. Okay, so you're not quite sure what the product is. Here would be the steps. When you pull the old caulk out, you need to spray the joint between the tub and the tile with a bleach solution. That's going to kill any mold spores that are left behind. Then after that's dry... Um, one additional step, fill up the tub with water because it makes it heavy and it pulls it down. And then you caulk it. And when you caulk it, you want to use a product that has mildicide in it. Now, DAP, for example, has a caulk that has an additive called microban. And microban will not grow mold. It will prevent it from growing. And so if you use the right product and you take the step of, of treating it with a bleach solution first before you apply it, that helps it to last as long as possible. But again, if you don't control humidity conditions, eventually it will come back. As for the sink, the same advice um, applies. You not only have to clean it, which takes away the visual, but you have to spray it with uh, a mildicide. And so you could mix, say, a 10 to 20% bleach solution with water and then uh, let it dry and that will help prevent it from coming back. I'll try that. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Daryl on the line who's got a question about a leak in a crawl space. Tell us what's going on. Yeah. Um, got a, a house that uh, has a crawl space. It's got a, a cement floor in it, uh, and it gets water in the crawl space. And I've been trying to figure out how it's getting in there. I've noticed that the vents around the foundation are not very high off of the ground. And I'm wondering if maybe that's how it's getting in there and if I could put some window wells around those windows. I mean, they're only about, these vents are only like 12 12 inches by probably 8 inches. And the window wells I've seen are much larger. That's not the issue, Daryl. Let me ask you this. Um, When does the leaking seem to be worse? Is it consistent with like heavy rains and snow melt and that sort of thing? Well, yeah, probably, but uh, I really, uh, it's it's hard to say because it's it's not that easy to access, and I just know that like when it have a long dry spell, it, it does seem to dry up. So when you have leaks in a crawl space or in even a basement that's consistent with precipitation, it's always caused by drainage issues at the foundation perimeter. So by drainage issues, we're talking about the gutters, if the gutters are clogged, if there's not enough gutters, if there's not enough downspouts, if the downspouts aren't discharging well enough away from the foundation, you need to go out about four to six feet if you're dealing with a water infiltration issue. And aside from the gutters, the grading, the soil around the outside has to slope away. And so what I would do in your case is I would take a really careful look at the gutters because i got to tell you, most of the time, that's going to solve it. If you, get, if you make sure the gutters are collecting water and discharging them far away from the foundation, um, that's going to solve it. The way the water gets in is because when the soil at the foundation perimeter gets saturated, the foundation being a concrete masonry structure is very hydroscopic. So literally it soaks up moisture like a sponge. And that water can show up coming right through the floor. I've seen it come up like a little geyser in the middle of the floor. But it will come through that, that uh, concrete cover on the floor of your crawl space. So you need to deal with the drainage issues first. I think that will solve it for you, Daryl. And by the way, on our website, there is a great article right on the homepage about how to solve wet basement and crawl space flooding issues. It's one of the most popular articles on the site. And it'll walk you through the step-by-step, tell you exactly what you need to do. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 
Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1 888 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you thinking of buying your very own Money Pit to love and care for? Well, there are a few things you can do right now to get ready for that home buying adventure. We'll share those tips next. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Money Pit is presented by Greenworks Tools, the ultimate battery-powered outdoor lawn equipment. No gas, no cords, no maintenance. The hassle-free solution to lawn care. With Greenworks, life gets easier. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now at 888-MONEY-PIT, which is presented by HomeAdvisor. Ready to get that deck you've been dreaming of? HomeAdvisor will instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free. And if you call us right now at 888-MONEY-PIT or post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com, you might just win a water quality solution from the Home Depot. They really have any product you'd need to improve the water in your home. And this hour, we're featuring the GE Whole House Water Filtration System. This will filter your water right at the main supply system in your basement or anywhere it's kind of out of sight. It delivers premium filtration, which is certified to reduce sediment, scale, dirt, and rust in your water. It's even going to help improve your appliances and your plumbing fixtures. It's easy to install. It includes the one-inch plumbing connections, a pressure relief valve, the bypass option, mounting brackets, and even a remote filter light, which is going to remind you when the filter needs to be changed. It's available at the Home Depot or homedepot.com. It sells for $98.45. We're going to give away a water quality solution just like this to one listener that posts their home improvement or decor question to the Money Pits community page at moneypit.com or calls us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Catherine in Arizona on the line who's dealing with an issue with sod. And Arizona's pretty darn hot, so tell us what's going on. I live actually in the mountains in Arizona, and so our issue is not the heat but the cold. And so what we've had happen is that we laid sod about eight years ago, and 
unbeknownst to us novice homeowners, it had mesh netting on the back side of the roll. And I don't know if we were supposed to remove that or something, but now the saw did not take to our climate and it uh, has died and we would like to reseed or lay down some new sod or something like that. But in order to prepare the soil and till it and all of that, I just don't know what to do because there's this mesh netting all over the ground. And in some areas it's exposed, in some areas it isn't. But I just wondered what your advice would be. So the sod never really bit, so to speak? It never really grew through the mesh netting and, and connected with the soil below? Not not really. I mean, it did in some areas, but it just did not grow well for our climate. It couldn't handle the winters. It just wouldn't recover. Well, I mean, the first thing you want to do is a soil test. You can, you know, sometimes your county extension services and, and services like that will, will do the test for you or have a landscaper do the test. But you need to know what's in that soil and how to adjust the pH to get it just right to reseed. Yeah, to fertilize correctly. and Right. You know, otherwise you might not be giving it the stuff that it needs and it won't grow. Yeah, you're working blind. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that the best time to do this is not the beginning of summer. The best time to do this is in the fall when it's a little cooler out because even if you did everything right and it started to grow, the intense heat that follows a month or two down the line will burn it out and kind of ruin all the good work that you did. So I would spend the summer getting the information that you need to kind of come up with a plan. Now, in terms of whether or not you remove the old sod or not, if it's really loose and disconnected and not really knitting and sort of sitting on top, then in that case, I would take it out and then prep the soil below. If it has connected, then I would leave it. Now, if you have sod, is it weedy? Is it also weedy, Catherine? There are lots of weeds. So it's not so much the sod that's the issue, but it's the plastic mesh netting that was on the backside of the sod roll that's there. And I just don't know, can we till with that there, or is that going to get all caught up in the tiller? I, I think you probably can. I mean, in my experience, those types of backers are designed to stay there and, and not be removed, and they just, they just sort of deteriorate naturally away. Hmm, okay. So I, I don't suspect that that would be an issue, because otherwise, how would you ever lay it down? Right, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I didn't know what was supposed to be common, just that it hasn't degraded at all um, after eight years. It's still totally there. Well, here's an idea. One of the things that you could do is you could um, rent um, a seeding machine that, that slices the lawn. There are machines out there that will actually slice it and, you, and drop the seed sort of into the slits. Mm-hmm. And that will cut through it. But really, before you do any of that, the first thing you do is do a soil test and see what's going on there. Yeah, this way you know how to feed it, how to take care of it, when it's going to want to be seeded. I mean, that will really answer a lot of questions for you. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and if the sod, if you end up deciding to leave the sod in place and if it gets really weedy, one thing you could do is something called a Roundup restoration. You can spray Roundup right on the sod and kill the sod and actually leave it in place and then put the seed right up into the dead grass. It will hold it really well, and it will re-sprout, and the Roundup will not prevent the new seed from taking root. Huh, okay, okay. That's called a Roundup restoration. Hmm. All right, that makes sense. All right, Catherine, good luck with that project. Let's hope there's some more green in your future. (laughs) Yes, I hope so. Thank you. 888-666-3974.
Well, if you've promised yourself that you'll finally become a homeowner, there are a few things that you can get started on now that's going to make the entire home buying process a lot easier. The first one, guys, is to boost your credit score. Now, most of the major credit reporting agencies will provide you with one free report a year. Then review the report, dispute any errors, and pay off any debts that you have. In the meantime, avoid purchasing big ticket items and don't apply for any new credit. Next, you want to start looking for the right real estate agent. A good agent can really make the difference for your first home buying experience. And then work on getting pre-approved for financing. Now, that's a good thing to do for a bunch of reasons. First, you need to know what you can afford and what you can qualify for and what kind of loan you want. And once you've got that approval in hand, though, you become a much better prospect for potential home sellers to sell their home to because they want to know that you can afford the house. And it's kind of going into that experience, to that sale with a blank check that is good for up to a certain number. So there's no question about you really qualifying because a home seller does not want to take their house off the market for some period of time, only to find out that you really can't afford it. For more home buying and selling tips, head on over to moneypit.com. Lots of great advice right there. Rob in Iowa, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Calling to get your guys' opinions on the. Uh, I'm having my deck uh, partially repaired, and it's got some cedar trim and uh, cedar boards that have gone bad. So they're going to be replaced. So they're going to look newer compared to the rest of the deck. I was looking into getting one of the epoxy composite type uh, deck uh, coating systems. Uh, Rust-Oleum Restore is one brand. Bayer makes one too. I'm just curious what you guys think about these products and. Are they worth it? How many decking boards are uh, deteriorated, Rob? Well, uh, oh, it's a uh, majority of the steps. It's a cedar deck with a, a green treated uh, wood, you know, uh, underneath baseboard mm-hmm. support. Uh, the cedar is just dying out. I mean, it's about seven years old. Uh, the railings are going bad too, so we're looking at replacing a lot of the boards on the steps, the railing, but the, up to the main platform and the main board. Here, uh, are doing fine. So it's mainly the, the steps up. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily consider, you know, completely sealing in all of that cedar with a product like that. Here's what I would do. First of all, the deck boards that are cracked or checked or deteriorated, one thing to try is to flip them over because the underside of those deck boards is usually as good as the day it went down. Even though it's cracked on top, the side that was not exposed to the sun is usually in pretty good condition. So you try to do that as much as you can. For ones that are really bad, just have to be replaced. Just replace those with new cedar decking boards. And yes, it's not going to match. And then once all the repair has been done, then you want to use a deck washing product like the one that makes that Flood Wood Care makes. You you run a deck wash across everything. And then you want to hit it with at least two coats of solid stain. So not paint, but solid stain. Not semi-transparent, not transparent, but solid color stain. And a good quality, solid color stain. That's going to look all the same. It's going to maintain its wood quality. You'll see the grain through the stain. Um, and it'll look perfect. So I don't think you need to go with some sort of really thick, super thick coating right now. I think you just need to do some basic repairs. Debbie in Delaware is on the line and needs some help with a building project. What can we do for you, Debbie? My husband broke his hip, and we are in desperate need of a handicap ramp. He'll be needing this handicap ramp after the brake heals. He'll be using a wheelchair and a walker after this. We are limited income and we can't afford even the materials to build this ramp and i've been trying to go through government agencies and everything and all i have gotten is a bunch of red tape um tell me something how high up does the ramp have to be how many steps are you trying to accomplish or just kind of describe the layout to me yeah it's 
five steps into the house. Debbie, as much as I'd like, there's there's sort of uh, no uh, quick fix for the situation. You do need a ramp, and the ramp has to is going to be a very large structure, and it has to be properly done. So I think your energy is is best focused on how to get the professional help and to get the funds necessary to do this. Now there is an organization that is called Rebuilding Together that does this sort of thing. And their uh, website is togetherwetransform.org, togetherwetransform.org, or just Google Rebuilding Together. They have got affiliates in most states across the country. Their national headquarters is in Washington, D.C. And what I would suggest you do uh, is to reach out to the national headquarters and uh, speak with them about uh, trying to connect with an affiliate that's near you. I see there's no affiliate directly in Delaware, but of course you can go to New Jersey or you can go to Maryland, you know, anywhere around there and probably find uh, exactly what you need. They used to be called Christmas in April, and uh, now they're called Rebuilding Together. And I've been on some of their projects in the past, and there seem to be a good group of people that get a lot of great things done. Okay, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your help. All right, and we hope that your husband heals up quickly. Thank you so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Just ahead, lawn care used to be dominated by loud, gas powered machines, but now batteries can handle just about anything from string trimmers to push mowers, even riding mowers. We're going to have tips on the most innovative battery powered lawn care machines next. 888 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT.
The Money Pit is presented by ADT, the security leader for over 140 years. Trust ADT to protect your home, family, and all you care about. At ADT, we know your security is only as strong as the people who are backing you up. For 24-7 monitoring and peace of mind, visit ADT.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, whether you're a first-time home buyer or a seasoned landscaper, now is the perfect time to upgrade your outdoor tools to be cordless, gasless, lightweight, and quiet. With us to talk about that is Ryan Duffy. And Ryan's the outdoor power expert for the Home Depot. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Leslie. You know, Ryan, when the battery-powered tools first hit the market, yeah, they were handy, but they kind of were limited to those light-duty projects because the batteries just weren't powerful enough. But today, those batteries really can deliver some superpower, and they've got these efficient brushless motors, so you can pretty much just power any tool without the need for a cord. And same goes for lawn equipment without the need for a gas engine. I mean, that's great. You've got less hassle, less noise, less maintenance. What's going on in this industry, Ryan? It just seems amazing. Absolutely. It's been amazing to see how far uh, battery technology has come the past couple of years. It used to be uh, you had to put a huge battery on the back of it that was really heavy, or you had to use a gas engine, which is obviously heavy and noisy and everything else, where today we've got battery technologies and voltages ranging from 18 volts all the way up to 56 volts that are lightweight because they're lithium-ion. They start on the first pull of a trigger, just like uh, an iPhone would, uh, and they're obviously super lightweight, and you can store them in your garage. Now, is there any limit to uh, how you store those batteries? I mean, do you have to take them in in the wintertime, Ryan, or is it okay to leave them out year-round like you would uh, any lawn equipment? They're not very temperamental at all, so you don't have to really worry about leaving them uh, in a you know 70-degree air-cooled area or anything. I would say if you're going to be, you know, if the temperature is going to drop below 30 degrees, it's usually best to bring the batteries inside, or if it's going to be stored outside and, you know, in the sun and it's going to be 120 degrees outside, yeah, bring them inside. But for the most part, they're very temperamental. You don't need to worry about leaving them, uh, you know, inside the house at a cool 70 degrees all the time or anything like that. And these batteries charge so quickly today, you really don't need to worry about running out of power. If you have one in the tool and one in the charger, you're pretty much set for just about any job I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Most of our batteries are going to charge between 30 minutes and, and an hour. Uh, so to your point, you can pretty much mow, trim, or blow for as long as you need to uh, until the job's finished. So what are some of the new battery-powered lawn tools you guys have got coming out uh, this spring and summer? Some of my favorites are probably from Milwaukee. So they are on the 18 volt platform, um, but again, don't let the low voltage fool you. They've got brushless motors in there, uh, and their uh, battery technology is so advanced that it's just as powerful as my commercial grade gas units uh, at only 18 volts. So, really, really impressive. Uh, and then I'd say the second one that's really impressive these days is Ego 56 volts. Um, they've got just an incredible performing uh, in a very, very lightweight package, um, less than four pounds compared to a gas trimmer. So, uh, yeah, if a gas trimmer is going to be 12 pounds, you're talking about eight pounds. So it really takes a lot of the weight and hassle out of it. Let's talk about some of those tools. So you mentioned Milwaukee. They've got a a handheld blower. Now, in some communities across the country, you have local municipalities actually banning gas-powered blowers because they make such a racket, not an issue with the battery tools. Yep, absolutely. So Montgomery County is one such county in Maryland, and uh, they've banned the use, not even just uh, the sale and the use, of any blowers that are 70 decibels and above, uh, which pretty much takes almost every single gas blower out of my assortment uh, that you can't buy. But every single cordless blower, battery-powered blower, will meet under that 70 decibel threshold. So, Dan, you're responsible for selecting 
all of the outdoor power equipment that comes into the Home Depot. I mean, that's a huge job. Plus, it's really interesting. I mean, you've gotten to see how the entire industry has evolved with power and sources and efficiency. What has been the most interesting thing to you that you've noticed throughout this whole process? How fast battery technology is really carried on. So it used to be, call it four or five years ago, almost less than 10% of our sales were battery technology, where today we're getting up close to that kind of 50% of everything that we sell is batteries. So it's really kind of taken that consumer confidence to really kind of swing the ship the other way. And I can't believe how quickly that ship has turned. So we've got string trimmers, we've got edgers, we've got mowers. I've even seen some chainsaws. That's got to really surprise folks. It does. Chainsaw power. And, and to be honest, it actually makes the most sense out of all the tools because it's something you're going to use infrequently. And a lot of times when you use a gas chainsaw, that gas sits in the motor and sits in the engine for so long uh, that it'll actually make the tool go bad after a long period of time. Whereas with a battery-powered chainsaw, uh, as long as the battery's charged, that's all you need to do to maintain it. So the maintenance is practically zero to it uh, and can save a customer um, a lot of hassle and a lot of time and money. You're absolutely right, because, you know, some of these tools we do use so infrequently, we may not even consume an entire tank of gas. A buddy of mine called me just today wanting to borrow my pressure washer, and I told him I hadn't had a chance to clean it out because I left the gas in just a little bit too long, was having trouble getting it started, so I had to turn him down. But it's amazing with battery power, we don't have to do that. The other tool that's pretty impressive is you actually have a battery-powered riding lawnmower. I mean, that's got to be the ultimate. Who would believe that you can actually have a human on a riding lawnmower, all powered by battery, no gasoline whatsoever involved? Yep. Absolutely. And I think I've been on it and we've done a lot of road shows with our training, our associates and a lot of our customers as well. And it's amazing to see the joy that people have when they ride this riding mower that's completely quiet. It's almost like using a golf cart with a with, with a riding lawnmower. Uh, it's so quiet and so easy to use. It's fun. You see somebody shopping in the outdoor tool aisle and they really just seem stumped. There's so many choices, so many power sources, so many different levels of equipment. How does somebody sort of get out of that confusion and choose the right tool for their projects? Yeah, there's a couple of different factors that really go into it. Um, one of the things that a customer needs to understand most is how big is their yard and, and what kind of performance are they really looking for. If they're coming from a gas platform or a gas trimmer or a gas blower, uh, the really the higher voltage units and the ones that are using the brushless motors are really going to be the units that, that kind of meet that criteria for them. Um, whereas if they have, you know, maybe live close to the city or in the city and they just have a real small plot of land, they can use some of the opening price point in the lower uh, spec models and be able to complete their job just as easily. And then the second factor I'd say that's incredibly important is if they're already on uh, a platform. So if they already have an 18-volt drill at home or a Ryobi 18-volt drill or Milwaukee or a DeWalt 20-volt drill, um, those same batteries work in a lot of our trimmers, a lot of our blowers, and a lot of our chainsaws. Uh, so that way they can, they can start kind of saving money over the long run by able to interchange all of these batteries instead of having to have a whole bunch of different chargers in their garage and a whole bunch of different batteries. They can be on just one platform. Great advice. Ryan Duffy, the outdoor power expert for the Home Depot. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Leslie. Appreciate it. All right, Ryan, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Always good stuff to learn from our friend Ryan at the Home Depot. All right, everybody, give us a call now on the Money Pit's listener line at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. And if you do, pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT or post your questions to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. You might just win some tools to help with your next project. 
This hour, we're giving away a Dremel tool package, which is perfect for DIYers, crafters, or makers of any kind. So call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. You live in a money pit. Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and call us now at 888 Money Pit, which is presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. And if you do call us at 888 Pit or post your questions to the Money Pit community page at moneypit.com, you might just win some tools to help with your next home improvement project. Yeah, this really is a great prize and one that's been near and dear to my heart and in my toolkit since, golly, since high school, so that's a long time. We're giving away this hour a Dremel 4300 rotary toolkit with case and the Dremel Multimax Oscillating Blade Variety Pack. Now, the Dremel really is just a great tool for DIYers, crafters, truly makers of any kind. It includes the Dremel 4300, which is the first Dremel rotary tool, and it allows tool-free blade changes. So that's really easy to change out those blades, no tightening, you just sort of swap it in and out. So you can really work on a variety of parts of your projects with the Dremel 4300, and it's their most powerful. It's got a 1.8 amp motor, so you're going to get the best performance out of the Dremel tool, and you'll find that you'll be searching for different ways to use the Dremel because it's that fun and that effective. And it also has a pivot light on it that's going to rotate to illuminate dark spaces and all of your detail projects. You can check it out or even pick it up at the Home Depot or HomeDepot.com. It's a prize pack worth $153.97, but going out to one lucky caller drawn at random. That number again is 888-MONEYPIT, or you can post your question to MoneyPit.com in the community section. Well, if your siding, sidewalks, decks, or patios are looking pretty grimy, we've got a simple solution that can help make them seem less messy and also help prevent mold, mildew, moss, and more from even coming back. And it's called Spray and Forget. Yep, this is a house and deck outdoor cleaner. It cleans all types of siding and decks and fences, as well as paver, brick or concrete patios or pool surrounds. You can use it on vinyl or plastic outdoor furniture as well. Yeah, and it's really pretty easy to use. There's no scrubbing involved at all. I mean, as the name implies, you just spray it on and then Mother Nature takes over the cleaning duties with the rain and the sun and the wind. Yep, and over time, it keeps all the exterior surfaces clean and does that safely with no harsh chemicals. You'll find it at Home Depot, Ace Hardware, Amazon, Do It Best and True Value, retails for $19.99. You can learn more at sprayandforget.com. Brandon in California has been taking some cold showers. Well, not intentionally anyway. How can we help you with that? My cold water valve, when I, it just happens just to the cold water. If I turn on the hot water, it doesn't have the problem. But when I turn on the cold, it does this knocking or like a bang in the wall and the pressure is reduced significantly, and it just will it'll come out really low pressure unless I really turn it on, and then um, the pressure comes back. But uh, I don't know what well, I don't know if that's called like knocking or hammer knocking or something like that. But yeah, it's called water hammer. Water hammer. Is, is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. Is that a like a 
continual knocking, though. Okay, so first of all, when you open up the faucet and all the water kind of runs forward towards it, that has a lot of force with it, and that will bang the pipe sometimes. And if the pipe, especially if it's not attached well to the floor joist or whatever happens to go through, makes that banging sound. That's why we call it water hammer. Uh, it can be lessened or completely repaired with some plumbing work, but it may or may not be worth it because it doesn't really damage the pipe. It really just more of an annoyance. Now, in terms of the pressure issue, so the water comes on fast and then trickles out after that? Is that what's going on? Well, it, it comes out normal, but then it just seems like someone's in the wall, like, kinking the line, and it's just coming out. Like, it, it comes out still. It's not, like, trickling out, like, drip. Is it one faucet in the shower? What about the sink that's right next to it? What no, it, there's the three, like, one on the left is hot. The center transitions it from the bathtub to the shower head. And then the one on the right is the cold water. What about your sink? Does it do the same thing at the sink? No, it's, it's just in the shower. So what I would do is I would install a pressure balance valve in the shower. The pressure balance valve, essentially, it's not going to address the water hamming, but what it'll do is it'll keep the pressure even between hot and cold, keep the mix even between hot and cold, so that you don't get any sort of shell shock when you step in the shower and somebody runs a fixture somewhere else and it changes the temperature. Yeah, so no more pranksters flushing the toilet and getting a super scalding shower. Okay. And the fact that this is only happening at the shower means it's a problem with the valves. It's not a problem with the plumbing lines. Otherwise, it would be happening at the sink as well. Okay, that kind of makes sense because sometimes it's just sometimes it's hard to like balance when we're in the shower. It's like, oh man, this is just scalding hot. Yeah. And we really got to crank up that cold to get it. Yep. That's what you need, a pressure balance. All right. Perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Brandon. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Still ahead, building a backyard playset or deck? Well, the type of wood that you use can make sure your surfaces are safe for the kids and can stand up to the test of time. We'll give you the best options next. Live in a money pit. It is presented by Dynatrap Mosquito and Insect Trap, the safe, silent, and simple way to keep your home and yard bug-free. Learn more at Dynatrap.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The website is MoneyPit.com. You can subscribe to our podcast there at MoneyPit.com or visit the community section where you can post your home improvement question just like Jacob did. That's right. Jacob writes, I live in Arkansas and we just had some pretty bad and heavy storms for close to a week straight. Around my house, some of the soil has washed out in areas. Can I just add topsoil to these spots where it's missing? You know, that's a great question, Jacob, because most folks do think that if soil washes out, you put in topsoil to replenish it. But restoring the holes might not really be that easy because it depends on how deep of a pit it left. Now, if it's more than three or four inches, you really need to fill it first with clean fill dirt and then sort of tamp that down. You can add topsoil over that and then you can plant some grass or use another sort of cover to stop the erosion. The topsoil is really just that. It's only meant to cover the top layer of dirt. 
it's really rich in organic matter and it's designed to support root growth. So for everything deeper, you want to use clean fill dirt, which is available perhaps from a landscape supply house. And be sure to tamp it as you go and add more than you need because it's always going to settle over those next few rainstorms. All right, next up, we've got a post here from Marty in Minnesota who writes, how do you add insulation to a home built in 1907 with slate siding? You can't drill holes and blow in, and I don't know if I can remove the siding without breaking it. Sounds expensive. Well, that's right. You don't have to do this from the outside. You do it from the inside. What you're going to want to do is drill holes through that plaster, plaster, lath, or drywall, and you would uh, basically use blown-in insulation from the inside of the house. It's a lot easier, frankly, to patch those walls and repaint than it would be to deal with siding in general, slate or not. So that's a project, Marty, you would always do from inside your house. Well, if you have the room for it, a play set or a deck is a great addition to your backyard. But if you're going to build one yourself, you need to make sure you use the right type of wood. Leslie explains why in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, if you're thinking about building a deck or a backyard play set this summer, you want to make sure that you use a sturdy wood that's resistant to decay and to pests because both can really wreak a lot of havoc on anything that you build out of that lumber. But you also want to be cautious in the lumber that you choose because chemicals in treated wood can leach out and then potentially pollute the surrounding ground and possibly endanger your family's health. So for decks and playground equipment, you want to consider reclaimed cedar or redwood. Both of those are naturally resistant to fungus and insects, and really, they look gorgeous at the same time. Now, you can even opt for recycled plastic lumber, which is great for the environment because you're not cutting down any new trees, but you're still getting a sturdy, durable product. So get out there, build some projects, go enjoy your yard this season, but choose your materials wisely because that's going to determine how much maintenance, how much care, all of those things that go into the actual enjoyment of the thing that you build. So do some research and pick something lovely and durable. Good advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Welcome to summer home improvement time. If you've got a project you're doing this summer, you can reach out to us 24-7 at moneypit.com or post your question to the Money Pit's community page. Coming up next time on Money Pit, we're going to talk about a question that we frequently get on the program, and that is whether or not you can refinish your own cast iron tub. Wondering if you could do it yourself or if you need to hire a pro. We're going to get into that topic with the host of this old house. Kevin O'Connor will be here with answers on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.